You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. How's that for some offense? The Houston Astros tie a franchise record with 25 base hits, and they score 21 runs on the south side of Chicago as they take down the White Sox 21-5 this afternoon. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez coming to you a lot later than normal. It's 5.14 here on your Thursday afternoon. Only going to have about 45 minutes today, but we're going to bring you a lot of information in that time span. My co-host and our producer, Mr. James Mesh. James, what's up, bud? What's up? That was a great game to see. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? And, you know, I, I know what everybody's thinking. I've already seen a, a a post on social media about it that we got tagged in. Now we're going to have to pay the piper against Atlanta tomorrow. You, you, you kidding me, right? We just scored 21 runs, and we're already talking about how we can turn it into a negative. God, man, just enjoy it. It's the power of Kevin Foote. Just enjoy it. Oh, man. All right, so we got it. we're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about some – we're going to bring you some Saints audio today. We got a Florida Gators guest coming down, Mr. Jacob Rudner. Going to talk about the Billy Napier's first year in Gainesville and what fans can expect out of the Gators. And then there's a top story or or, or two that that we're going to have to get to. Let's start let's start there with with top stories and the biggest one. Deshaun Watson has the NFL has announced that Deshaun Watson will be suspended eleven games and fined five million dollars for his sexual misconduct allegations. James, fair punishment? I'm not shocked about it. I mean, the the way everybody was talking about it, they only wanted to increase it. So the fact that they upped to 11 games, which is a weird number. It's a very weird number. But notice how you play the 11 games, and then he comes back week 13. Week thirteen, and it's against the Texans, the Houston Texans, and and you see, we say that it's weird, but then when you really think about it, Sue L. Robinson had six. The league wanted a year. Eleven's kind of in the middle. I was going to say they did settle for it, they, and then they met in the middle, and then Deshaun pays a little extra money, which is yeah, they going from one to five. It's a bunch of money, five million dollars. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I don't care who you are, five million dollars is a lot of money. But when it comes to somebody like Deshaun, who just signed a fully guaranteed, not too long ago, two hundred and thirty million dollar contract, yep. you could spare five million. So, Deshaun Watson once again suspended eleven games, and will be fined five million dollars for this conundrum. But again, the biggest thing. Is that it's over. And you know what's interesting? Now that we know that this is pretty much done, hopefully it's done. Hopefully we don't have to keep talking about this because it always comes up. But if you're someone that bets, you're probably going to bet the under now on Cleveland's win. I I would. I would. But 
most of us are Saints fans in this area, I would say. I would say so. And let me tell you, the NFL Week 1 odds are out. And now is the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I've taken the over on the Saints win total at 9.5 and for the black and gold to make the playoffs. Some people just don't have it. So sign up today using promo code KLWB and place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code KLWB to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. You got to be 21 or older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. A couple other stories that we got to get to this afternoon. You know, looking at the world of sports, the BMW Championship going down right now in the world of golf. Keegan Bradley holds the lead there in Wilmington, Delaware at seven under after round one. Justin Thomas close behind at five under. Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley at four under. Going to be a good weekend for golf. Another top story, and we don't talk about soccer a whole lot. And this really isn't soccer-related per se. Um, th- This is more of a dude-what-are-you-doing kind of thing. So Robert Lewandowski is a world-class striker that plays for FC Barcelona. And today at practice, he had a watch stolen. Now, the, the watch is valued at 70,000 euros. Okay, I've, I've got a couple questions. Number one, who buys a $70,000 watch? It, it is number one. I don't care how much money you make. $70,000 for a watch is absurd. Question number two, why are you wearing it to practice? Why are you bringing it to practice? Leave that at home, son. Which, funny enough, converting euros into dollars. Oh, the euro's worth more now. Well, I'm looking euro to U.S. dollar. 70000 for U.S. dollar, it's 70675 Yeah. And $0.50. And, and it's crazy because just, you know, five, ten years ago, the euro was worth less than the American dollar. What still says, based off of Google, that it's still more. What's more? I'm saying the U.S. dollar is 70675 compared to 70,000 euros. Okay, okay. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. So the U.S. dollar is worth, but it's not by much. It used to be significantly less. Yeah. Well, it's, it used to be significantly more. Okay, we're never mind. You, Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We're moving on. Um, the Saints play tomorrow night against the Green Bay Packers. You know, James James Winston's not going to play. James Hurst is listed as questionable. We're going to see a lot of Trevor Penning and Ian Book. But we should be able to see KJ Costello this time. We're not going to see him for like two quarters, but I would expect him to see him in the fourth quarter. See what he can do. I mean, he's had a couple weeks now 
this will be the end of his second week of him being in the offense. Yeah, see, let's see. Let's see what he can do. That way, we don't have to see three and a half quarters of the Ian Book show. Please, God, no. Please, dear God, no. I'd rather give but, KJ Costello but here's, a chance. But here's the thing: I would presume that Andy Dalton wouldn't just play one drive. I feel like you want to get as much of the offense out there as possible. I know you only did one, and it's not going to be Jameis, so necessarily probably wouldn't do a whole quarter for your tune-up game. But at the same time, you got to roll somebody out there at quarterback, and you definitely want to have as much of your offense out there to see what they look like together. Yep. So I would presume, even though Jameis won't be out there, you'll have Andy Dalton, most of the first-team offense, out there for two or three possessions or roughly the first quarter. And then you take them out and then put in the backups. So you yep. won't... Either way, you won't have to see... As much Ian Book. Right. Looking at the Houston Astros, and we'll come back to the Saints here in a moment. Looking at the Houston Astros, looking at the scoring recap, Trey Mancini hit a home run in the top of the second to make it one nothing. Then in the third, Alex Bregman would get a two-run double, followed by a Kyle Tucker RBI single to score Bregman to make it 4 to nothing. And then in the fourth... Chaz McCormick would reach on an infield single to score Jeremy Pena, and that would be the end of Lucas Giolito. Vince Velasquez would come in, the former Astro, and the Astros would not stop there. Altuve hits an RBI single to center to score Christian Vasquez. Yuli Gurriel comes up to score McCormick. Alvarez would double to score Altuve, and then Bregman would hit a two-run homer to score Alvarez. And all of a sudden, it's 10 nothing Houston. I mean, from the blink of an eye, I was looking. I was like, oh, it's four already. And, and then I look at it again. I barely take my eyes. I, I barely took my eyes off it. Yep. And all of a sudden, it's 10 nothing. It happened very quickly. Like, the runs came early and often. Yeah. And it didn't stop throughout the whole game. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Yoan Moncada would hit a three-run homer to put a dent in the lead. Make it ten to three, but then in the sixth, Bregman would come up and hit another two-run homer to make it twelve to three. The White Sox would get another one in the bottom of the sixth. The Astros would get another one in the top of the seventh. The White Sox would score in the bottom of the seventh, and then through the eighth and the ninth, the Astros would put up seven more runs, eight more runs, excuse me, to make it twenty-one to five, ending today's game with a 16-run lead. 25 base hits for the Astros, which ties a franchise record. They have done it three other times in franchise history, most recently in 2019 against the Baltimore Orioles. So now the Astros will head to Atlanta for a three-game set as a World Series rematch. They'll take on the Atlanta Braves tomorrow, first pitch being at 6.20, pregame at 5.50, and you can hear it right here on the game. So, a couple other scores around the league. The Cardinals take down the Rockies 13 to nothing. Albert Pujols hitting a grand slam in that one for career home run number 690, closing in on that 700 home run club. The Texas Rangers taking down the Oakland A's 10 to 3, was the Brewers over the Dodgers 5 to 3, and the Cubs over the Orioles 3 to 2. A couple other games tonight, Blue Jays and Yankees, Mets, Braves, and Padres Nats at 8:40. That Mets-Braves game could be, a, could be a doozy 6-20 tonight. 
in that one. James, let's talk some New Orleans Saints and let's let's listen to some some New Orleans Saints audio. Dennis Allen spent some time yesterday talking about a lot Chris Lave taking some massive steps forward. Yeah, he caught a deep ball today, which was outstanding to see. I think it was on a fourth down play and, and put us down there in the in the red area. What I've seen out of him in the last couple of days, I've seen some speed, I've seen some transition at the top of the route, and I've seen him catch the football. I thought he took a step forward in these in these last two practices. Dennis Allen also spent some time talking about his young rookie Trevor Penning and how he's been able to battle through what's a very tough front seven for the Green Bay Packers. Well, look, I, number one is they battled through a lot of snaps, which wasn't easy to do, and 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 against a you know a pretty good front. Just to the naked eye, I thought there was you know a few times in protection. I thought he he held up pretty well, you know. But certainly, we'll go back and we'll look at the tape and have a better evaluation of of how everything went. But yeah, I, th- I thought him just battling through was was impressive. James, what are you expecting out of Trevor Penning tomorrow night? I'm expecting a good performance. I'm not expecting a world-beating performance by any stretch of the imagination. I think he'll still do really good in the run game like we saw before, but this will be a new challenge. I wouldn't consider the Texans' pass rushers or front seven to be all that great. Like, let, let's keep it a buck. But the front seven for the Packers? Oof. Yeah. That one's going to be a doozy. Yeah. They're they're talented for sure. Uh a lot of uh a lot of athleticism in that front seven. I expect a tight end or a running back to be on his side often and help with a chip. That way whoever's going to be under center doesn't get hit as often or at least as fast. Why not put Adam Troutman there? I mean, like he said with the media yesterday, he is feeling more confident. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just feel more confident. It's just a mindset thing. You know, I've always had an aggressive mindset in the run game. And it's funny, actually, I learned it at, uh, at tight end U when uh, Kelsey was talking about it. And he's like, you got to transfer that same mindset in the run game to the pass game. You know, like, this is my ball. As opposed to just like, hey, I'm just going to blow you off the ball in the run game. Now it's like, this is my ball, attack it. And I think I've been doing a really good job of that uh, all camp. And I think that's a huge difference from last year. You know, you want those... 50-50 balls, which I struggled with last year, to turn into 80-20, 75-25, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I feel a lot more confident in, in doing so. Let's take a time out right here. When we return, Jacob Rudner of Florida's 247 Sports page will join us to give us a preview of Billy Napier's first year in Gainesville and what fans can expect when LSU heads to Gainesville in mid-October. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, 33 minutes after the hour. Let's talk some Florida Gators now. We are joined by Jacob Rudner, who is the beat writer for the Gators for 247 Sports. Jacob, man, thanks for taking the time. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on the show. So let's dive in. You know, we're very familiar with Billy Napier here in Lafayette. He haven't spent the last four years as the coach of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So, you know, last eight months that Billy's been in Gainesville, what's offseason number one for the Gators looked like under Napier? I would say that the biggest takeaway that a lot of people have had from offseason number one is just an increase in discipline. Billy Napier has come in and really instituted this uh, atmosphere of control and making sure that everybody's on the same page, fighting for the same thing. And a lot of Florida players would actually tell you that that was something that was lacking last year. They felt like in the end of the Dan Mullen era at Florida, there was a lack of discipline, there was a lack of accountability. And Billy Napier has come in and spent this first offseason really implementing the system where guys had to adhere to what he was implementing. They really needed to be a part of the culture. Uh, They had to buy in or basically risk their roster spot. And I think Billy Napier has done an excellent job of coming in and making sure that guys bought into what he was selling. Talk to me about that new $85 million football facility that they've just put up in Gainesville. Well, so I'm gonna full disclosure. I have not been inside of it yet, and media is expected to get a tour in about three weeks. But uh, I can tell you, based on the videos, based on the uh, photographs, and what we can see from the outside, it looks absolutely incredible. Uh, they have a resort-style pool, uh, cryotherapy access in terms of training, huge training facility. Uh, I mean, the amenities are, are through the roof. It really. Anthony Richardson getting the start at quarterback for the Gators this year. You know, he's he's kind of been waiting in the wings for a while. Talk to me about his skill set and what he can bring to this offense. Give me a favor. Can you repeat that? You, you broke up a little bit there. Anthony Richardson getting the start at quarterback. You know, he's kind of been waiting in the wings for a while. Just kind of talk to me about his skill set and what he can bring to this offense. Yeah, absolutely. This is a This is a big-armed quarterback. This is a guy who's exceptionally athletic. Uh, And I think that there are a lot of people who are eager to see what he can do as a full-time starter. If you look at Florida's stats from last year, Anthony Richardson shared the load. Uh, He worked with Emory Jones. Emory Jones actually got the lion's share of the work at quarterback last year for Florida. Emory's now at Arizona State. So this is Anthony Richardson's job. And I think that this is a guy who really has the potential to be a fringe Heisman candidate if everything works out. Now, I think that a lot of people would tell you that there are questions about how he will perform. I think that people need to see him work in a a larger sample size to really understand uh, what he can be. But I would say at the same time, if everything works out, this is a guy who potentially not only has first-round potential, but potentially to win a Heisman Trophy. Naquan Wright appears to be the the front-runner of that running back room. You also have a ton of Louisiana talent with Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson, you know, behind right if he appears to be the starter you know talk to me about this running back room it's an interesting running back room i think it, for me personally it's, it's probably the most interesting unit on the team i would say that the depth chart at that position is less important than it is at others because it seems as though florida is getting ready to utilize all four of its running backs who are on scholarship and you guys know better than anybody billy napier loves to run the ball uh, he did so at Louisiana last year. Montreal Johnson, who's now at Florida, was a big part of that. Uh, and I think that that should continue. I can see Florida running the ball between 55 and 60% of the time from scrimmage. Uh, Naquan Wright is the perceived leader, as you said, in that room. But there are plenty of guys behind him who I think have a lot of skill, like Montreal Johnson, 
who you guys are familiar with, Trevor Etienne, the younger brother of Jacksonville Jaguars running back Travis Etienne, uh, and Lorenzo Lingard, a fifth-year junior who has you know five-star potential coming out of high school yet to really deliver on that, but is somebody who could really be a factor this season. And then receiving the receiving core, you got Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson back from last year's two of the leaders of that group. Who else in that room kind of stands out and could make an impact? I really like Ricky Pearsall. I mean, he is he is dealing with a, a minor injury right now, has two bone bruises in his foot, uh, and is rehabbing from that. But they the program views him as day-to-day, so there's at least a good chance that he can play come week one. Uh, transfer from Arizona State, led the Sun Devils in every major category, including touchdowns and receiving yards last season, uh, and is a guy who has seemingly emerged as a leader, not only for the wide receiver room at Florida, but really for the team. Uh, and I view him as somebody who could step up. I think that he's going to play an important role for the Gators, uh, providing obviously that he's healthy, but, but could be somebody that becomes a dependable option for Anthony Richardson with a receiving room that has a lot of question marks. You guys mentioned Justin Shorter. I think a lot of fans at Florida would tell you that they've expected more and haven't really received it last year. Uh, Trent Whittemore is another guy who has potential that I think uh, needs to still be unlocked. But I, I would say Ricky Pearsall is a guy who I personally have my eye on. And then the last position for that for that offense is the offensive line. 98 career starts coming back, including a former Cajun and Osiris Torrance. What are the expectations from a group that a lot of people consider to be fairly experienced? I think this is going to be one of the stronger units on the team. I, off the top of my head, I believe that this group, uh, most of whom, like you said, are returners, allowed just 13 sacks last season. And that's, again, that's off the top of my head. But that is an exceptionally low number. Uh, I would also say that, like you guys said, it's an experienced room. They bring in a guy like Osiris Torrance, who, just based off of his film and what he did at Louisiana, earned first-team all-conference preseason recognition uh, from SEC media. That's a huge deal. Uh, And I think that this is a group that is quietly emerging as one of the strongest on the team for Billy Napier in his first season. And again, it's because of that experience that they bring in. They infuse even more talent with a guy like Osiris Torrance. And I think it's going to be critical that this unit actually delivers on that potential, again, because Billy Napier does have a history of tending to lean on the run game. Jacob Rudner of 247 Sports covers the Florida Gators. Joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Flipping to the defensive side, Jacob, you know, looking from last year, three of the top five tacklers are back, including Trey Dean roaming in that secondary. Who are some who are some other names coming back for this defense to look out for? Ventral Miller is a guy who really stands out to me, just as a six year senior, a linebacker, a guy who's really a vocal leader for this defense, somebody who's been around, uh, who knows the program. He's seen the coaching changes, he's stuck through them. Uh, I, I really like him a lot this year to have that season that potentially propels him towards an NFL career. And then I think I would be remiss to not mention Jervon Dexter. I mean, this is a guy who is exceptionally talented. I think he sneaks into the first round of this year's NFL draft, uh, just an anchor for the, the Florida defensive front, which actually happens to be quite thin. Uh, I think that he's the kind of guy that will allow for the team maybe not to feel the effects of a lack of depth along its defensive front. Just a really talented guy. Uh, we've heard, actually, that he and Osiris Torrance have had what a couple sources of mine have described as legendary matchups in one-on-one drills and practices. And I think that that is super promising, not only for Jervon, but also for Osiris Torrance. Uh, clearly a, a future NFL battle, in my opinion. And so I think that there are some really promising guys on this defense, despite 
it's lack of depth. We talked about Billy Napier coming in. He it's obvious that he brought a lot of his Louisiana staff with him. You know, Patrick Tony, and you brought in Corey Raymond and uh, Ryan O'Hara at the quarterback coach spot. What's impressed you about the coaching staff that Billy Napier's put together, and what is probably your favorite addition of that coaching staff? Oh man, I would honestly go back to what I said at the beginning of when I when I joined you guys, and that's that there is a real sense of togetherness, of discipline, uh, and it, it, it's so clear. It really stands out. I think that this is a group of coaches who are are exceptionally good at maintaining a sense of being on the same page, as kind of working on the same beat, uh, and and they all do such a good job of that that it's being felt clearly by the players who have vocalized that to media members. Uh, and I think that that is a, it's an important step not only for the culture of the program as it moves forward, but I would also say that that's, that's critical in terms of the team's ability to play well on Saturdays. Discipline means everything. And I think that Billy Napier and the guys that he brought with him have done an amazing job of, of kind of instilling that onto the team in the early stages of their tenure. And if I had to pick one guy who I think is, is a really excellent uh, addition to the team, I would, I would go with Patrick Tony, just a young coach who is defensively brilliant, uh, I find his scheme to be fascinating. I think it's something that could play quite well in the SEC just with the deception that it creates. Uh, and so that, that, I think, was a tremendous hire. Looking at the schedule, you know, you open up with a tough home game with Utah, then you play Kentucky, and then you have Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, and A&M coming up later in the schedule. With regards to the schedule, what seems to be the expectation in Gainesville with this team? I, you know, I think that the, the fan base here demands a lot of this team. I think that it, there are a lot of people who would tell you anything short of eight seasons in Gainesville, eight wins, excuse me, in Gainesville is a failure. And I would disagree with that. I think that Billy Napier has a lot of challenges to deal with in his first year at Florida. Uh, like we talked about, this is a thin roster. I think beyond its first team group, there is a significant drop off. Um, and for that reason, I would say if they can win seven games this season, that, that should be reasonably considered a successful year. Uh, I think that this is a it's a solid team, but not one that's going to blow anybody's mind. But I would say I would say probably six and six, seven and five should, should be a reasonable expectation. Okay, so so you you said six and six, seven and five. The win total according to FanDuel Sportsbook is at seven. Are you taking the over or the under? Oh, it's a good question. I I think it's a, this is going to be a lame answer, but I think it's a draw. I'm I'm, I'm taking seven wins. I think that. Uh, Florida probably is the very reasonable underdog against teams like Utah, Georgia, Texas A&M. Uh, I would say that they probably should be the underdog for Tennessee. I like how the, the volunteers look coming into the season. And then I always, my personal rule of thumb is you pick a game just for things to go awry. Uh, and, and for that reason, they end up at 7-5. and five. I, I do think, though, that just to be clear, that is a good season for Billy Napier, given what he has at his disposal from a talent perspective. Jacob Rudner of 247 Sports. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. Before you run, tell our listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on the uh, the show, first and foremost. But if you're looking for more uh, Florida Gators content, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Rudner. And then obviously Swamp247.com is where we have our daily coverage of the Florida Gators and Billy Napier. Fantastic stuff, Jacob. Once again, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and I uh, look forward to talking to you guys soon. There he goes, Jacob Rudner of Swamp247.com. The game 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles wants to hook you up. 
with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Now we can finally say the Red Hot Houston Astros again. Two-game win streak, baby. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles next Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a timeout. Wrap up today's show on the other side. You're listening to The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Get through the rest of the baseball regular season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code KLWB. Place your first bet and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. My no-sweat bet is for the Astros to win the AL West. And what I love about FanDuel is that they have great promotions every day, the app is so safe and secure, and you get paid fast. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code KLWB to get started with your no-sweat bet up to $1,000. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Breaking news if you're a Cajuns fan. Former West Virginia standout quarterback Jarrett Doge has transferred to Troy, and he is eligible to play immediately. Doge is in his sixth season of college football, played two seasons at Bowling Green before playing three at West Virginia. In his career, he has completed 64% of his passes for 10,494 yards. He has 79 touchdowns and 34 interceptions for a career passer rating of 136.2. That's pretty good. He had 3,000. That's pretty good. He had 3,000 yards last year at West Virginia. And now we'll be in John Summerall's offense at Troy who is now in the Sun Belt West, and the Cajuns will have to play them for a division title. Yikes. That is massive news for the Troy Trojans. Their, their, uh, their quarterback problem. Well, I don't know that they really had a quarterback problem. Gunnar Watson's a good player, but um, they, they just got an upgrade, to, uh, to say the least. Speaking of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Michael Desermo spoke with the media yesterday, and... There's, he said that there's no negative to having two great quarterbacks. And there's no negative in it other than the conversations you have to have with them, you know, and, and telling somebody that did a great job that it's not quite good enough for what we want right now. That's the only negative. The positive in it is that the competition, I mean, you've seen these guys from last fall, you know, week in and week out, and I don't know how much it was really made known to, to the media but every week it was who who's going to be number two if we play in a game, right? If something happens to Levi, who's going to go in? And it was back and forth all fall. So, you know, for a long time, our staff has held these guys in, in really pretty high regard for what they could do for us. Their teammates believe in both of them. They know that both those guys have worked for the opportunity. So there's really no negative in it at all other than, you know, just, you know, having to have a hard conversation. So... He's 100% right. You know, there, there's no negative to to having two outstanding quarterbacks. I mean, whether it's Ben Woolridge or Chandler Fields, the Cajuns are going to be in great shape offensively. 
it it we've talked about it before. It just comes down to what the Cajuns are looking to do with their offense. Now, going back to the Houston Astros, I want to talk about Alex Bregman for a moment. He had a career high six RBIs today. A two run double, absolutely ridiculous. A two run double, a two run homer, and a two run homer. So, and we talked a couple weeks ago. We talked about how Alex Bregman was struggling at the plate this season. Since his son was born on August first, Alex Bregman is hitting three ninety six with five home runs and seventeen RBIs. I'm I'm going to say that again. In the last seventeen days, Alex Bregman is hitting three ninety six with five home runs and seventeen RBIs. He is an RBI a day, folks. It's like an apple a day. Keeps the doctor away. An RBI a day gets the fans off your back. And and keeps the your paycheck in your pocket. Damn right. Yikes, dude. Y'all, we, we, Astros fans kept warning every team in Major League Baseball don't let that man get hot. What'd you do? You let him get hot. He's on fire. He's now hitting 264 for the season with 18 home runs and 72 RBIs. 72 RBIs puts him at 24th in the league. Aaron Judge leads the RBI race. He is now over 100 at 101. But, I mean, 72 RBIs. He's closing in on the team lead in RBIs. I want to say the team leader for the Astros is, um, it may very well be Jordan. He, he's definitely, definitely up there. Let me, let me see if I can pull that up quickly before, before we get out. Your team leader in RBIs is Kyle Tucker with 80. So, yeah, Bregman's not far behind. The Astros are are spreading the love this season. I mean, Bregman leads the team in hits. Jordan leads the team in average homers and on-base percentage. And the Kyle Tucker leads the team in RBIs. The Astros are about to get real good real quick. Last month of the season, we'll have it all for you right here on The Game. I want to thank Jacob Rudner for taking the time this afternoon to give you an inside scoop on Billy Napier and the Florida Gators. Tomorrow, the Houston Astros play at 620, means we'll get out at 550. Join us from 4 to 550 right here on the game. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez, reminding you to be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them, and we'll see you tomorrow for a Friday fun show. How about a Minnesota Vikings preview and Jake Crane of Crane & Company right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.